Hi, I'm Ruri and welcome to Undamaged Goods, a podcast created to give inner city young people, especially those out of mainstream school, a platform to voice their opinions and tell their stories. I worked in social services for several years and I'm now a brand consultant working within the film, music and arts industries. It's time to bring my two worlds together. Through the voice of the young people and my special guests, I hope to support in educating the general public and put right the systemic wrong that's been created over the years around certain communities and the youth of today. For this series, I'm in an alternative provision in London, the Hackney Boxing Academy. Trell, say hi. Hey. Jerry. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Good. And join by our special guest today... Broadcaster, actor, documentary maker, spoken word poet. I mean, man of many talents. Bim Shake. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me on. Is this the first episode? It is. Yeah, thank you for having me on the first episode. <laughs> it's, uh, there's a lot, not pressure, but it's we've got to make sure that this is the best one in oh. comparison. To I mean, I feel a lot of pressure. I feel like we're in the wrong seats right now. Why? Oh, because I'm usually doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for coming on today. Um it's really important for me to, you know, have the young people have their say and talk about key topics that I feel they're never really heard talking about. But there's a lot of judgment from the media, the government, etc. talking about it, but not enough from the young people themselves. So today, the topic focus is going to be around family and family setups, how it impacts us you know, in education, not in education, our own cultures and communities and where and how we've been brought up and how that kind of impacts us. I mean, there's a lot there. That's a lot to talk about. <laughs> and I'm sure we could probably sit here for weeks, months, years talking about it. I mean, we all know you, Mim, for the radio, BBC One Extra, um, your documentaries, which are incredible. But your background and your family life has been a huge thing in your life to yeah. impact you and make you who you are today. Massive. So can you just give us a bit of background on that, on your setup a bit? Yeah. So um, I was born, I'm South Asian, I'm Pakistani, Muslim household, um, grew up in various different areas. Uh was first born in Dudley, up in the West Midlands. And then from there moved uh, due to like the failing of the relationship between my mum and my dad till to South London when I was really young. Moved around a bit in South London, lived in Kent for a bit, back again in South London. Um, but it was never, I wouldn't say I had a conventional mum and dad nuclear family set up is what I've obviously grown to realise. And it's been very, I'd say, abnormal but still normal in a, in a in a good way because I was living with my grandmother and my mum majority of my time, but moving from this house to that house to then living with an auntie, then living with an uncle. And what that meant is to move from school to school to another school to another school whilst trying to create like a solid group of friends, moving to another one and doing it again, then doing it again. And at the time when I was like really young, I was like, oh, this is annoying. This is probably not that great to be to deal with in comparison to other people that I know, say cousins or, or whatever. But I've learned growing older, like there was, there's so many good things that have come from that, that have given me like so a skill set that is untouchable when it comes to interacting with like human beings and 
doing what I do for a living, mm. that is the primary connector of all of them. So it's been, that's that's kind of like the main convention, like how I was like raised. So you mentioned those experiences being positive. Did you come across that when you were younger or is that something you've learned to understand as you've got older that those those were positives and how? I think I didn't know it at the time. At, at the time, I'm not going through. You're naive as a child. You don't really understand like what's happening to you and, and you think you don't know how different other people's setup is in comparison to yours because mm. you just never compare like that. You don't have that ability to do that psychologically at that young age. Whereas growing up older, I've realised, okay, what were the good things about that that ha- that I can hold on to? And that has been through going through like extensive therapy of like talking about childhood, talking about relationships with like your mum, your father, your grandmother, your aunties, all these soul carers that were apart, uh, around in your life. Um, so yeah, it was a realisation that came later rather than knowing at the time. Mm. Jerry, what's your family set up at home? Um, I live with my mum. Uh, I have four siblings. And yeah, my mum basically does everything for me. My dad, he's like moved away because my mum and dad didn't really get on. Mm. But yeah, they still talk and stuff. My dad comes and sees me every week or so. And yeah. So does he still live local? Uh, Liverpool. He drives back and forth. Oh, wow. Okay. Trell, what's your family set up at home? Um, three brothers, um, one single mum. Has it always been like that? Yeah. I, like, my parents broke up when I was seven. And I agree with you. At the time, I didn't realise what was going on. But afterwards, as you grow up and through life experience, yeah, there was a lot that affects you at a very young age mm. that you don't realise until later on. You know, for me, something that frustrates me still within the education system um, and in the UK is is that I don't think people are thinking about young people not understanding what they're going through yet. And mm. they're not they don't understand how to express how they feel properly or, you know, express how they're feeling about certain things going on at home or at school or wherever they are. Mm. Keep it hid. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if something happens, like I won't say it, I'll just like keep it there and I'll just forget about it, you know. But like some people take it to offence and they hold it there and it, they struggle basically. What helped me, I remember when I was in primary school, it was my third primary school I moved to, I was in Fortin Heath. And then I remember keeping a diary like um, after school, it was about year four, year five. What year are you guys in? Year 11s. Oh, you're year 11s. Okay. So you're a bit older. When I was a bit younger, I, anything that happened at school, anything that I didn't like with something that got me really angry or annoyed, I'd go back home and I'd write it in this book. And I'd just like write and write and write and write. And I didn't even know what it was that I was writing. And it didn't have to make sense because the teacher weren't looking at it. It was just me writing, writing, writing. And then I think looking back on it, that definitely helped me Like at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how beneficial it was. At the time, I was just doing it because I loved English, I love media, I love history, I love like writing, and I was just doing it in my spare time. And I think it, I think it did help. Hmm. Did you ever see? You know, did you ever meet poets or meet people that came into school that inspired you, that made you maybe 
like trigger that subconsciously or I don't know? Nah, they didn't, we didn't really have like talks like that in our, well, they should have because I think it would have gone a long way. Um, and I'm trying to encourage as many people to do that as much as they can in schools. But I, I just had a really good English studies, English and media studies teacher who introduced media studies as a subject in year 10. Mm. And I remember taking it and getting an A star. And I was like, rah, I've never got an A star in any subject before. And then, I, and then I'd done well in it in year 11. And then that's when I was able to realise I'm actually good at something rather than mm. feeling like I'm not, you know? Yeah. Same with me, to be honest, because uh, when I used to be in Highbury and Hagson, I never knew, like, I wasn't really good at maths and English. And then I come to Boxing Academy when I was in year 10. And uh, that's when I met my maths teacher and English teacher. And they actually helped me. And I always thought I was going to fail. And my teachers always helped me stuff. Like maths, I feel like I'm going to pass math now and English. But back in the day, I'd think like, no, I'm going to fail, you know. But yeah. But what did it take for that? Did it take for a teacher, for you to have a good relationship with a teacher? Yeah, and also my mum. My mum was always pushing me because she never got her GCSEs. Okay. So she said like, don't be silly. Just go for your GCSEs because when you do you'll have so many things like you can do and stuff. Mm. You'll be able to get a good job, go on holiday, have a family, mm. stuff like that. So, yeah. That's really good, man. It's encouraging to have that, I think. Yeah, and really inspiring. I think sometimes that lacks, I think, from from the home life. I mm. think some parents don't realise actually how much encouragement and talking to young people and kids your own children mm. about that stuff like impacts them but there was a study actually I was reading recently about the impact of relationships within a school and how the success rate is down to the relationship of the teachers having these positive relationships with the young people and it seems like so simple seems like common sense but I mean, Trell and Jerry, with majority of teachers when you were at Highbury, was it Highbury Group? Yeah. Um, you know, how was your experience with the majority of the teachers there? I got bullied. Same, I'm not going to lie, I got bullied. By well. other students? No, by teachers. Yeah. Okay, that's a strong statement. In what way? Like, how, how were they bullying? Just they didn't really care. You know, you'd go on to lesson, something might happen, they won't resolve it, they'll just send you out, you know. They'll just pinpoint you. Yeah. Just because you're known, you say you've done something wrong before and you've come to, like, you've changed and the same thing happens, you say, you'll get the blame for it and without resolving it or finding out who actually did it, it'll just be you getting sent out and in trouble, you know. I think mainstream schools don't care about students like that. And then it was it changed for me when I come here, because here they like they listen to you, they help you out. Like your teachers are willing to stay after school to help you, help you by at home. Sometimes when we were in the first lockdown, they used to call us and tell us like come online, do some work and stuff, and it helped us out, you know. Because now we're doing our exams, I'm more confident than I would have been back then. Yeah, I just heard that you did really well on your English exam. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. four. Hey, well done. I think mainstream schools are jokers. 
Just kick anyone out. If you've done something bad, they want you out. Anything. How did that make you feel? Like, when it did happen? In, in a way, I was happy. Because I don't like it. I don't like getting, like, targeted. And schools, what they do here, they'll, like, they'll kick you out of lesson, then I have to go to the collision room. Then they call my mum and put more stress on her, saying I'm doing this, but really and truly I haven't done nothing. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, I've seen it myself firsthand. Mm. When I was working in secondary schools, I saw it myself firsthand. So I know it happens. Now, what's the reason for that? Is that bad teaching? I mean, I've got my opinion. If you put blame on, if you're trying to put blame somewhere, where are you putting blame? Are you you putting blame on bad teaching? Are you putting blame on lack of funding? Are you putting blame on like bad behaviour children? I'm the same teacher. There's some teachers in that school who just didn't like me. Some teachers were good in Highbury, like I had my maths teacher. He was good. But then you'd get some, like the, my science teacher, that just, you do one thing wrong, get out. She mm. doesn't care. Like, that could be anything. But why did you feel like that teacher didn't like you? It's because every time every time I was come to the classroom, she'd always take me out. Yeah, to roll down this. Really, she didn't do, do nothing. Do you know what my opinion on it is? And I think it's quite interesting to hear what you said, Trell, where you said actually it's down to the teacher. Mm-hmm. There are some like situations. I understand teachers have a hard job. They have a lot of students in a room, especially in a state school. There's a lot of students, different abilities that you've got to adapt the class. And I take my hat off to all of them mm. for being able to do that. And being in the position they are to be a teacher, right? First and foremost. They're not teachers. However, 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 I'm going to it, Trout. However, my issue from when I worked in secondary school was some of them just were not made to be a teacher. Yeah. Because think, a yeah. teacher is not just about putting a book in front of someone and saying, you need to learn this subject. No, it's not that at all. It's teaching someone to become a good human a good person to be able to go into the world and put whatever you learn in that subject into practice Mm. but it's this bigger picture and Mm. it's being able to be someone that has empathy and understand empathy is such a key thing and i think trell you're you're spot on when you say it's the teacher because it is the person and there's definitely i understand the job can get hard and people can slip up whatever job you're in. But if you've decided to take on that role, you should step up to it. And I think I've seen teachers over and over again eventually target, like what you were, you two were saying, target young people because they know they're going to misbehave. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and rather than stop and pull them aside at the end of the class and say, how are you doing? Are you okay today? Mm. There's just the negative. But that's because they have yeah. a, a lack of empathy. Yeah. And they don't. I think that, like you said, I, com- I completely agree. I think it's the number one trait that is needed to be a teacher. It's not necessarily being number one in maths or number one in English or number one in science and knowing the whole textbook mm. off by heart. It's actually having the relatability and the ability to see what kids are feeling. And I think that's why my... English teacher was so great because she was able to see 
because I remember meeting her afterwards once I graduated, once I started working and then we met up for a coffee and we had a chat and I don't keep in touch with no school teachers, but her, I wanted to. Mm. And we met for a coffee and I had a conversation with her and I was asking her a question because I was so like fascinated. I was like, they were, you always helped me like in comparison to other people. Like everyone would say that I was teacher's pet in English. Like, why was that? What's the reason why you gave me extra attention in comparison to say some of the other kids? And she was like, I don't know. There was something about you in comparison to the other children that I could tell something was like peculiar happening at home. Mm. And I was like, how could you sense that? And she was like, you could just in a room full of like 30 people, if you times that by like five times a day, you're able to just notice who's different, who's not. And she was like, what I wanted, I wanted to know what was going on at home. And then when she found out when my like auntie and uncle had to come on parents evening, she was like, ah, okay, I now understand why. Yeah. So it's those key relationships like in life that are so important. Are there any other positive or even negative, but maybe let's stay on positive. I mean, positive relationships in your life that have really stood out. My mum. Your mum as well. That's sick. I'm my grandma. I'm my great nan. And your great nan as well. You've got all three. That's amazing. It's always females. Yeah, I know. Interesting. Interesting. Like it's all like, and I relate so much when they're saying that. I'm like, it's always strong matriarchal maternal figures. I'm seeing my granddad as well, though. Yes, he looks sick. Yeah. Where's your granddad live? Liverpool. Oh, is it your dad's side? Okay. Do you support Liverpool? Thank no. God for that. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> What team do you support? United. It's going to start arguments in the room. Let's not get into that. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Trell, do you support a team? Arsenal. Mm, there he is as well. But yeah, interesting for you guys. Do you guys think that impacts you just only having women around? No. No. I think maybe... My mom's always been like the person that holds basically my family together, basically. So like, my mom's always been the person that is like there for me. Like, if I, anything's wrong, I could go to my mom and tell her, and she'll she'll have something to resolve it. Or something. She sounds like an amazing woman. Yeah, proper. Do you feel <laughs> yeah. like Do you feel like you could do the same thing with your dad? Yeah. If you wanted to, like, if if something was wrong and you needed, like, do you feel like you could still yeah, reach definitely. out to your dad? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's, I think that's quite sick that you have the ability to still do that. Like, I think it's very important. Troll, you're shaking your head. No. You don't have that same relationship with dad. Do you think coming to Hackney Boxing Academy, was this the first experience of you having a good relationship with men? No. I got a good relationship with my family. The men's side. Okay, Who? My uncle and my cousins. Okay, cool. Okay, so you do have that strong male bond somewhere else in the family. Yeah. They probably made me who I am today. They showed me the wrong to right. I think it's important to have that, like, 100%. I had that because, like, I don't know if you lot know, but I never... I'm, like, similar situation where I never knew who my dad was at all. Never even seen a picture of him until I was 25 years old. Saw a picture of him at 25 and 
like made a documentary about meeting him for like the very first time. Met him in Pakistan at the age of 25. It's a completely different life to me, like at all. But I, I relate because I had like younger cousins or like older uncles who I could learn about how to be a man, if that kind of makes sense. Mm. But then now I've gotten older, I've just been like, it's a bit different. Do you think, so there's always this argument and it's mainly from people that don't understand and the media and things about it's the parents' fault if a young person's removed from school. It's their job. No, no, that's absolutely no. rubbish. Because if the kid wants to misbehave, he can misbehave. It's not a mom could be like a rock and really good role model, but the kid could just be like opposite. Yeah, the opposite. So do we think then it is always down to the kid though? No, it can be it can be anything. No. We 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 don't know what going behind closed doors. So could be the teacher, could be the mom, could be the dad, could be something in the family. Could be anything that they're going through. Yeah. But there's not really like a right or wrong answer, is there? No. Cuz so many people will be like I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Yeah. As in it happens all the time. And then they're like, "Oh, well, what's going on at home?" Oh well, there's like fights happening between mum and dad. Oh well, that's the reason. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like he's in his room playing. Like he's not even listening to any of that mm. stuff, so he's not affected. Yeah. So what? Ha- and there's always a, like a what's wrong? What's the going on? The parents are always the ones that get blamed when it might not even be them. Yeah. But some people act up because they get bullied or something like that. Okay, so let's hop on to communities because there's a lot of attention on estates and the people around you on your estate or the people in your community impacting mm. you, positive and negative. So also religious sides, I think, you know, and cultures, there's a lot of positive that comes from that, mm. you know. But there's also discussion around the negatives. Yeah. Council houses. I think, yeah. I think they're taking a the mick out of people because... When you go when you go council houses, some council houses they don't care about it. Like you see damp in the house. Um what else is there? There's Mold. a lot of things. Molds all on the wind the things walls. Things don't like that's that's a big thing in oh my life because that stresses my mama because we have mama has five kids and the house is everything. One time the door locked and we were trying to open it and it just jammed so and wouldn't even open. What, as in the front door? Yeah, it wouldn't open. It's closed. We had to call someone to come out and what? open it. Sorry, wait. Can I just ask what building you, what type of building you live in? I think it's four floors or five floors, something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's mould in it. It's damp. It's always, like, stuff I have is being ruined. Like, my revision. Uh, yesterday I was going to revise for English and my folder that I keep literally near my cupboard I picked it up and as I opened it everything inside you know you get that wet feeling like so yeah. damp all of it was ruined because when I started taking it out it was like you know the ink was like messed up and yeah council houses are just bad nowadays they just stick you in anything and how many of you in the house Jerry? Uh, six and young kids as well like what's my age? youngest sister she's two and then yeah, so she's crawling all over the floor as well and like yeah. very much in it. And then this isn't... So both of you are agreeing on this. Yeah. So Trell, what... Have you had the same experience then? Yeah. Well, I don't know. 
or age where they have yet. Even the water, you know, cold water, when you pour it out in the cup, it's like all white stuff in it. Like, you can't drink it. My mum spent so much money on, like, you know, it's like a jug and you put water from the taps and it cleans it. Because my mum spent about maybe four, five grand in that house and she got herself into debt because of it, like buying new sofas because the sofas, like, my mum spent, I think, maybe a grand and a half to get all flooring in our house and then we got flooded. So, like, my mum had to throw it all away mm-hmm. and... Um, it was our beds were getting like wood. It was getting so damp, like it was breaking. Like you could just peel it off, and yeah, it's just the houses are like so bad. Like like people that are drug addicts, they've been like I've often gone to take my little sister to the shops. We've walked down the stairs and someone's taking like a heroin needle on the stairs and a conked out and the needles just left there, and then like. Bad for my sister to see. Mm. Like, it's bad, bad for you, you to, to see. see. Yeah. No, because anything could happen. Like a little kid could just walk down the stairs, and that could just. Yeah, no one yeah, should ever life. be exposed right. to stuff like that at a young age. But having been experienced to stuff like that, my age as well, at your age when I was younger, growing up on like different council estates, you get to learn. I'm not saying it's justified or whatever, but you just get to learn the reality of like certain people's lives. Mm-hmm. That you you realize that there are some people who want to commit suicide by taking heroin and then you get to make mm. a decision and be like well that's not what I want to do and mm. for me it was kind of like I need to get out of here I need to get out of here I need to get out of here what can I do to get out of here or how can I better my life than being back then do you get what I mean so you can still use it in a, in a positive way I think mm. yeah maybe potentially even you know it can make you a lot more empathetic yeah, for to people. other people yeah. and people's situations. You know, you know what London, all, they, all, all London cares about is gangs. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, the, the most focus is about gangs. They don't care about how people live and all that rubbish. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I think communities are demonised over and over again in our media, which, you know, is one of the triggers for me wanting to do this podcast is because there is such little real gritty truth conversations happening mm. and also police i i don't think they being around this they i've often seen things going on police just drive shit past it but like if something little's going on like a little argument they'll get involved themselves in it when it's not needed it's needed somewhere else like mm. people are getting stabbed they'll just drive straight past it because they're scared of it, basically. And, like, to be honest, I don't think it's right because, like, police should be able to go up to them and stop things happening instead of, like, getting themselves into things like like parking tickets and stuff like this. Mm. They get involved in that kind of stuff. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, definitely they're scared. I think there's a lot of police officers that are scared to go in certain areas. Mm. Again, it's that community, though, and it's about going back to what we were saying about teachers and what makes a good teacher, what makes a good police officer. It's the same thing. It's having that empathy, being able to speak to people as humans, Mm. as a person that understands that you've been through the same thing or maybe you haven't even been through the same thing. You just understand and know that everyone, you know, is going through something. There's a level of street smartness that needs to be deployed when you're working on that side as well. As in, you need to be very smart. And smart doesn't mean book-educated smart. Smart yeah. is like people smart. 
as in knowing people. Yeah, and it's the same thing with teaching. 100%. It's like, and is that then the training that's in place for both those careers that maybe need to be addressed? Yeah. And re-looked at because... Because it looks like when we graduated, when I graduated from university, I was asking a lot of my friends what they want to go and do after university. And a lot of them were like, I'm going to join Teach First. I'm going to join Teach First. I was like, what's Teach First? And they're like, it's a graduate scheme to get people into teaching and it helps them. But I doubt they were doing work about how to have good character or how to be a good human being or how to be connected to different races, how to take away your unconscious biases when you see either a young Asian kid or a black or a black kid who you've never seen before or whatever it is, whatever yeah. race it is, you know, like I definitely they need to do more of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think it should be more things for the homeless to help mm. the homeless out. Because nowadays you walk down the road and you see loads of homeless people like just on the road and some of them have no shoes and stuff like that. So I think it should be something there to help them. Because like we have all this, like Britain is like a basically like they have money. So they have, they could do something to help out the homeless and take them off of the street and get them into like work and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Can't agree more. Yeah. I think Britain people are lazy. Some people are lazy. They'd rather be on benefits than work. It's very true. I mean, there is that argument. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Solid point. Because it's so true. So many people don't want to work because they are getting money from... Yeah. Sitting at home, doing nothing. I think we've got very stuck. I mean, there's a huge argument here for this one. But we've got stuck in... You know, we're in our fifth generation with some families of living off benefits, right? Mm. So that's like your grandma, your grandma's grandma, your grandma's grandma's grandma. Mm. Um, It's hard. Where do you get that inspiration? Where do you get the role model like we were talking about earlier? Where does the role model come from if your whole family have been in that mindset? So there's a lot of early intervention that needs to happen. Yeah, I agree with you, but I still feel even if there's not people in your immediate family that you could look up to as a role model, you the, the world is such a big place now. You can look for people online now more so than ever. And that was helping me as well. Because nobody went and done what I wanted to go and do with no. my career in my family at all. But I still went down the route that I didn't know what where it was going to lead, what was going to happen, just out of sheer luck and meeting people along the way mm. and researching and reading, like reading loads of books about people who I'd admire, whether that would be a football player to a boxer to a Formula One car driver to whatever, just to find out what they're like as a human being and how can I copy them in a way. I agree, but I've also had so much experience with young people that haven't even left, like, their estate Mm. or, like, their estate in the road next door. So, and all they have known is to follow the crowd that, Around, around them, them yeah. and, and they've never doing. even wanted to have that passion it's never been taught to them to have that want mm. to go out so how do we do that yeah. how we do that i don't know like from your opinion how would we do that what do we need to do to the communities in order for those young people to have be able to change their mindset to be able to look further afield i don't think youth clubs i don't think youth club can help what about boxing it, academies yeah what about this, but not education-based? I think this is good because 
like you know in mainstream it was just like our detentions 30 minute detentions they weren't helping us now in, in here we're like if we do something wrong we would do like push-ups so it's like it, it'll teach you discipline like it'll teach you like not to do that again because you're gonna have to do push-ups and stuff and yeah yeah that's a good way i think that's a good way mm. of discipline for sure Trial. Can I make a question? Yeah. If I want to become an actor, how can you show me the right way to go there down that road? Yeah, hundred percent. It's like it's 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 mad, yeah. Because I never thought it would ever be possible for me to do it, yeah. And then what I like, bro, I never even saw people like me doing it. Like it's nuts. So for me, it was literally like I got this dream in my head. What can I do to make it a reality? Like how can I star in a TV show or film and be on screen acting, learning my lines. But I've done loads of work. So I, I researched books. I got books out. I bought books. Um, and I, I made my own like videos. So I learned how to edit. I learned how to write scripts. But by watching everyone else do it and by going on like online and seeing how to do like different things, like tutorials and stuff... And then I sent it out to like agents and they basically represent actors. And I just blind shotted that. I sent about 50 emails to people saying, look, this is my show reel. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. If you're interested, let me know. I think two people replied back. And one of them ladies is still my agent to this day. And I just finished shooting a film in January, which comes out next year. So it's like, it it, it can work out and it, and it and it does work out. It just takes quite... A while, for, yeah. It's not going to happen overnight, bro, like, ever. But if you have this, like, burning desire or you want to do it and you're passionate about it, like, you can learn about it. Like, it can become a subject at school. Like, in your head, as in after you've graduated, like, or finished your school, where you can just, like, study it because there's so many books about it and everything. Can I ask him a question? Of course. Um, how did it feel, like, not having a father figure? Mm. Like not having your father, like being the man of the house. Yeah, I I didn't like it, man. I always thought I I was always I I felt jealous a lot. Like my cousin had a good relationship with his dad. I remember there was this one time I was living in a block of flats. It was like fifth block of flats. It was a block block of ten. I was on the fifth floor in the middle. There was seven of us living in a one bedroom flat in South London in Mitcham, and my cousin came round and he's looking tanned. He's got these mad gums and he just bops in the house like mad smiley and that. And I'm obviously just in my yard with like uncle, auntie, their two kids, my mum and my nan and me. And he's come in the yard now and I'm like, like, bro, like, why are you so happy? Like, obviously we weren't that happy, innit? we were just stuck in a sardine can. Like, why are you so happy? He's like, oh, my dad took me to like Rome and here and there. Bro, I started crying. I'm a grown like year nine, I'd say, year 10. I started crying because I could never say that because I never had a dad to be able to do that for me, innit? So I, was, I kept felt in it when I was like really young. As I've gotten older, I've realised like it's a bit, it's a bit, it's, it's it's been okay and it's all right. And I've wrestled with like my relationship with him now. So you found your dad, right? Yeah. Do you still speak to him? Here and there, like not all the time, which is sad because I'd, I'd like to, but I've just realised that he's just, He's just not, he's just incapable of like, like creating like relationships, especially with his own like kids and that, do you know what I mean? Um, 
But what I've, I think it definitely did lead me to become mad driven and mad like, all right, cool, no one's going to do nothing for me. I'm going to have to do it myself. Do you know what I mean? It, ga- it definitely gave me that. But because I know I've got that, I'm trying to be like, I know I've got that there. I don't want to do too much of that, innit? Do you think it gave you like, um, how do I say it? Like, it, do you think it will make you a better dad when you have... When ah, you have bro, I, every day I pray to God it does, bro. I swear down. But in life, you just don't know what's going to happen. But I pray to God it does. I know it will. Straight away, as soon as I have a kid. That's be there be, for him. That's going to be my number one priority. Like, forget work or forget all the... Obviously, I have to go and make money and whatever. But that's going to be... I would. That's going to be number one. Because I would never want that kid to feel... Same thing you went through. Exactly how what I was going through. So I think it will, actually. Do you think not having your dad there affected your mum and your relationship together? Yeah, I think so. My mum and my dad separating affected her mental health, like, massively. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe if he was there, maybe if he was supportive of her, that and, and they raised me in, a, like, a supportive network I think it would have not even for me but I think it would have been more beneficial for her to experience that but yeah it definitely played a part like it affected her probably affected him but sometimes what happens yeah as you get older as a man you might not be as in touch with how you're feeling or what it is that you're going through and how you feel about something but I I genuinely feel it's really important to kind of know what that is like whether you feel jealous or whether you feel hatred or whether you feel so that you can channel it in a good way in it but he didn't have the ability to do that so him and her yeah kind of just didn't work there's, there's so much your mum can teach you but there's some part that your dad needs to teach you yeah especially when you're younger for sure mm-hmm. just that you need him there like even just the littlest things you know help so much bro like yeah. car Hmm. Like helping you find a change car. a tire, yeah. buying uh, a car. Excuse me, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, all right. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I put, can change a tire. I'm not saying. I'm just saying, like stereotypically, like, like shaving, <laughs> how to yeah. approach a girl. Yeah. Mums can do yeah. all of these things. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that they can't. No way. Dads but, are like. <laughs> but that bond between a dad like and a son. Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Imagine agreeing? going to a football game like with your I dad. Are you, that's sick. Yeah. I've never done that, so I can't wait to do that for my youths. Um, yeah. But and yeah, I, I think it's the same with girls. Like I agree. Like there's certain things that for you're a chunk have I didn't have my mum around, and it was that I would see girls being taken on shopping trips like every month, like a big shopping trip with their mum and stuff. Mm. And I was like, "What's going on? We can't have, have that. that." Yeah. It also makes you grateful what you do have mm. like mm-hmm. I may have you might have a little bit of stuff but someone might have more than you but you know you'll respect your stuff more than that that person will respect theirs 100%. and you'll have it longer and you'll take care of it yeah you know? and let me tell you this yeah never ever think if you're in your if you're in your setup with your family and it might not be as good as you think never ever think the grass is greener on the other side because I've been in houses where it's mum and dad They've got millions coming in. Mm-hmm. They're not. They ain't got the same vibe that you've got with your family. Yeah, because they're dry. Yeah, their mom and dad just want to make money, and yeah. that's it. Their mom and dad relationship ain't even that great. Yeah, like it's dead. There's no love in the house. Whereas there's probably more love in the house with your mom, with you, even though there might be stuff that's going wrong in the yard, mm. but your relationships are still good. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Which more. is way better, bro. I'm telling you. 
So what team do you support again? <laughs> I saw you said you're going to do 25 press up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mim, for coming on. Um, yeah. Thank you're welcome. You. No, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been good. And thank you, my co-host for today. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on it. <laughs> Out here.